Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Lots of action, I'll tell you, on the text board today. It's moving very quickly. There's all kinds of messages there. Uh, the phone number, 803-0930, 1-800-616-9236-STAR-930. We also have the uh, Facebook page, so there's all kinds of ways to get a hold of us. Let's go to line one, shall we, in Lockport. That would be Alan. Alan, you're on WBEN. Sandy, honored to talk to you and all the crew there. Well, thank you. Uh, good to talk to you, Alan. What do you got for us today? Well, I just want to give you a quick background of myself. I was a officer in the United States Army, deployed twice, came back, and became a police officer. And I'm a first-time caller, long-time listener of your show. And I'm done being quiet because this is insane. I am disgusted of what is going on in this country. One thing that is drilled into our minds as a leader in the Army is they're saying it's called the tough right over the easy wrong. It's easy to give in to their demands. It's easy to allow people to riot. It's easy to allow people and stand down and tear down statues. It's hard to make the tough decisions, the right decisions, to stand up to these people. Where's the leaders in this country? I don't see one. It's hard to make the right decision. I made it overseas. I made the right hard decision as I was getting fired at, as I was getting blown up, as the driver's brains was dripping down my face. I had to make the tough right decisions. So what's the excuses of these mayors and all these congressmen and all these people that are sitting here doing nothing? What's their excuse? It's hard being a leader. I don't see leaders. I see titles, mayors congressman what's their damn excuse go do your job how about that i did mine overseas all my brothers lost their lives for what so this country can go in the hole so our american bend over backwards for criminals that's insane if you hold a title go do your job that's all i ask go ahead alan i wish we could put that on a plaque and put it in downtown Buffalo. Uh, and now uh, people uh, can understand why I admire the military so much. That discipline, that knowing right from wrong, I love it. Thank you so much, Alan, for sharing that with us. And thanks for wearing the uniform more than once. Thank you very much. Wow. Now, Tony, that, uh, that is a call to, uh, uh, to get things done, don't you think? Very strong, very passionate. Uh, I love the tone of his voice. And that, that's why I respect the military so much. When you when you got a duty to do, you do it. When he said that the, the brains of the driver was, were on his face, I mean, my God, that's pretty strong stuff. That got a and, reaction in this room. Oh, yeah, very strong. Reminds me of David, of David Bellavia. Uh, if you read his book, uh, it, it uh, does remind me. Uh, that's why I wish, I wish that they had the courage... They're, well, they're willing to run for office, but
but they're not willing to stand up when the going gets tough, like right now. They're more, I'm telling you, it's just like the DA. Whoops, I dropped my pen. Uh, the DA. Why did the DA charge the two police officers? Because it was just a nudge, and you know it, and I know it. He was weak. The DA was weak. He, why not be weak? He's not. He doesn't have a uh, an opponent in the next election. He's running unopposed. So you can be as weak as you want, I guess. But he was weak because he didn't want the negative publicity that would come from the crackpots. He didn't want to be uh, having people out on his lawn uh, protesting. Uh, he didn't want any of that. So it's just easier to, t- to charge the two cops who were there trying to get the law obeyed in full riot gear. It's a lot easier uh, the day after to be in the DA's office and decide the easiest way out, as, uh, as, as the last caller, Alan, said. It's tough to do the uh, tough things, and but that's the right thing to do. You want some uh, more craziness, Sandy? Yeah. This is uh, Jack Cummings sent us this, and it's from CBS in Boston. The Berkeley College of Music Public Safety Department took to Facebook to apologize. Are you ready for this? For yeah. allowing Boston police to use the restrooms at the Berkeley Performance Center on Sunday night. <laughs> You're kidding. I wish uh, I was. Oh, my God. Have we gone nuts? Have we gone nuts? If I were the cops, you know what I would do? I uh, I would not not uh, not appear there. And you know what else I would do? I would make it known that there will be no police there. So then Berkeley has a choice, don't they? They can hire private security, which would cost them more money than having a cop there. Uh, and it's more likely that they have problems. They can't let the police use the restrooms. And if I were the police, I'd look for the nearest plant, to be honest with you. That is disgusting. Sandy reading this. The Post said many people expressed hurt and anger that police were allowed to use the bathrooms at the Performance Center, which is currently closed. No, instead, you can use the bathrooms and put stuff up your nose if you want to, and they wouldn't complain about that, but they would complain about this. That's, it's just crazy. It's just, you know, you don't know what to boycott next, seeing that it's a world gone mad. I don't understand that. It. It's like we don't have common sense anymore. Apologizing because the cops use the restroom? Wow. We're treating police, not us, people are treating police like they're animals. Yeah. Let that sink in. Yeah. You know, I almost, uh, the the darker side of my uh, personality would almost like to see one of those crazy entities go without police and see what happens. Make it known they have no police. There's no police force. There's nobody to call. Uh Uh-uh. You're on your own. Because police are police, I guess, whether it would be the, uh, the, the, the city you're in or the county you're in or the state you're in. But if you have no police, and I'm sure if they don't want police in their town, they wouldn't want a sheriff's uh, uh, visitation or a state police in their town either. I almost kind of wish a little bit that that would happen at least once so we could kind of see and give them a taste of their own medicine. But obviously now I'm back to 
being the wonderful human being that I am, and I don't, I don't root for that. But, boy, they deserve it, I'll tell you that. Uh, what the hell's wrong with us? We'll be back with more on News Radio 930 WBEN. Well, somebody slipped a Mickey on Bernadette's uh, computer. We're, we're trying to decide uh, who's cuter, Sandy or Danny. They're both on the Facebook page. It's uh, my high school photo and his high school photo, and I'm, I'm wiping the floor with them. So, no problem. And then somebody says, uh, we got to write in ballot Tommy Shannon. Now, nobody can compete with Tommy Shannon. I would say that uh, when he was in high school, I would say that there's not a, a male in Buffalo that's better looking than Tommy Shannon. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. There could be one. There could be one that you might know that might be as cute as Tommy Shannon in high school. And that would be, and I'm going to have Bernadette vote and, and Tony vote. And that would be, not Buzzy, because Buzzy probably wouldn't be aware of the name I'm going to give you. The only male in Buffalo that can compete with Tommy Shannon, John Beard. I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> you were going to say yes. John Beard? Yes, and, I knew and, John Beard. And Bernie is wiping the sweat off her brow. Uh, okay, you got to vote now, Bernie. High school, best-looking guy. Uh, what's the matter with me? I'm, I'm, I'm talking about hot guys. Something's wrong. It. I'm about to get married What's, <laughs> to a woman. What What is wrong with this picture? Okay, vote Tommy Shannon or John Beard in their high school photos who would be better. Now, maybe John didn't have the mustache in his high school picture, so you wouldn't be able to tell. Okay, you're going to vote. Ding, dong, ding, dong. You're going with John Beard. Okay, that's one vote for John Beard. Tony, uh, John Beard or Tommy Shannon? Tommy Shannon. Tom, oh, it's a tie. You mean I have to break the yes. tie? I know both of them. I find them hauntingly attractive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can vote. First of all, Tommy Shannon's one hell of a good-looking guy, and so is John Beard. And they were both at the party at Kevin O'Connell's house. We had a good time that night. That was a lot of fun. And then Tommy Shannon started with, um, uh, let's see, uh, he dated Ann Margaret. And, and Diana Ross. Uh, yeah, and he mentioned that. Uh, and then uh, for John Beard. Uh, Kate Jackson. Yeah, one of Charlie's Angels, Kate Jackson. So I, I, I stood up and said, what the hell are you guys doing to the rest of us? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a chance in this one. Where Somebody's got to come in three, but nobody's going to come in one, two. I can tell you that right now. All right. So it's tied between John Beard and Tommy Shannon, but I really can't cast a vote. I, I really don't know. And maybe that's good for me that I don't know. Which one is uh, is better looking? All right, let's get back to some serious stuff. Every once in a while, you got to have a little fun. Otherwise, you'll go nuts on this job. Uh, let's go to Mark on line two in Buffalo. Mark, you're on WBEN. Hello, Mark. Doesn't okay. appear to be answering. Okay, goodbye, Mark. Let's go to line five. I bet he's there. It's my friend Don. Don, you're on WBEN. Good morning, Sandy, and good morning, Tony. How are you guys today? Well, we're okay. We're ticked off again. It seems like every day we've got another reason to be ticked off with this Seattle thing. Absolutely. Uh, incidentally, 
uh, a little bit of knowledge here. Uh, I distinctly remember the day they took our senior class picture. You you were sick, and you had a fill-in for you take it, take the picture. Oh, so it wasn't me. You're saying that that hot guy yeah. in the in the yearbook who has my name wasn't really me. It was somebody else. Yeah, yeah it was Tommy Shannon actually. Okay, I was going to ask touch <laughs> with that person, but I don't. You remember those pictures, so I got them posted. Um, yeah, I can post your picture too if you're not nice to me. Okay, well, uh, I I will be extremely nice under those conditions. No question. I don't need any of my pictures out there. <laughs> so, what do you say with what's going on in Seattle? Should we get tough? The president sounds like he's going to, but he said that before and never did anything. You got to do something. You got to back it up. Uh, yes, you. You're right, but I'll tell you, following that last caller, it was like a young, aspiring singer going on stage after Elvis Presley just left the stage, I'll tell you. That call, yeah, that caller, uh, Alan from, uh, no, it wasn't, yeah, no, it was Alan from Lockport, yeah. Uh, very, very compelling, yes. Very compelling. Well, actually, I'm going to play uh, devil's advocate here. Okay. I uh, What these people are doing in Seattle we need that to simmer for a while, like a, cooking a steak on a grill. You you you, you got to get the aroma. You got to get so all the American people can really understand what's going on. And it's it. So in other words, you got to let this simmer for a while. You just don't. If you, Mr. Trump, go in there, swoop in there, and take over right away, you just let it go for a while. Why let a good crisis go to waste? Uh, in the situation? that's a good point. Let them simmer in their own juices for a while. Yeah, and then the average person is going to say, whoa, you know, the people that are uninformed, which is plenty in this world or in this country today, let them realize what is going on. And if you if you squelch this thing right away, well, they're not going to have time to, to digest all that stuff. So that, that's my thinking right there. And then eventually he'll go in there, clean it out, and uh, I think it will get votes for him in November. And some nonviolent things. I think they should shut the gas off and should shut the electric off uh, and uh, shut off uh, any anything that they uh, normally would enjoy and just let them see what life is like as, as uh, somebody who's broken the law and is not allowing uh, the outside in. Uh, what do you think of them demanding black doctors and nurses for black patients only? We spend all this time to fight to fight desegregation, separate but equal, and so now they're calling for segregation again. Uh, it's like taking about uh, one step forward and three steps backwards, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make any sense that they would want that. And if they only want to be treated by black doctors, what if somebody has some specialty ailment that there's no black doctor available uh, in that uh, line of medicine to, to treat them. Are they going to just let it fester and go away because they refuse to be treated by a white doctor? I guess it's kind of like what's been going on with the, with the pandemic. Uh, they're not uh, seeing people have other problems that, that people have day in and day out because they're so concerned about the, the, uh, the pandemic that's out there. Have you? Uh, I got another minute or so before the break, Don. Have you? Uh, have you been wearing a mask? And is that still going on down in the Philadelphia area? I know you had some problems in Philly the last couple of weeks. 
Uh, personally, I, I wear a mask whenever I come in contact with anybody, which is about once every two weeks. Uh, I don't go anywhere. To, uh, other than take my walks, you don't have to wear a mask when you're doing that. I've been in two stores in the last three months. You and I are almost exactly alike. I've been outside maybe three times. This just completes. Today's show completes our 13th week at home. And out of that, I've been outside of this uh, building maybe three times. That was it. All right, my friend. Always good to talk to you. And you can vouch uh, the fact that that picture uh, on our Facebook is me because we're in the same class. You had your photo the same day I had mine taken. Absolutely it was you, because I, I distinctly remember the camera breaking after they took it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, you smart ass. Thank you very much. We'll take a break and we'll return on News Radio 930. This is WBEN. Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. We're back with uh, Beach and Company. I'm Sandy Beach. You know, I was talking to Tony off the air, and I said, you know, I knew there were some in this country, but I didn't realize how many animals we have that live here that do animalistic things. We would hear every once in a while about some horrific crime and whatever, uh, but it took the horrific uh, death, and make no mistakes about it, it was a horrific death of George Floyd, to bring out animals with the pretense of supporting the memory of George Floyd. Uh, they're animals. They're nothing but animals. And we keep hearing more and more about them. It's, uh, we, we've got to be strong. We have to be strong. I want to lose the country. I've never felt less confident in the government to control the company. And by control, I just mean civility. I don't mean political thought. You can be on any side of any party you care to be, except maybe the Communist Party. Uh, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about obeying the rules, doing what you're supposed to be doing. And I'm no huge fan of the government, but I am a fan of law and order, and I think we're losing it. I never have felt this loose as we are now. And um, uh, let me just tell you something. I don't like to think this. I don't even like to say it, uh, but I'm... Um, very sorry for anybody who is qualified that doesn't have a pistol permit, that doesn't belong in the Second Amendment group that most of the rest of us do. Uh, because when it gets down to it, if the, um, if the mayors of the cities and the, politi and the political uh, types don't protect their own cops, why do we think they're going to protect us? The answer is they're, they're not. Let's go to uh, Frank and Tonawanda, uh, one of our favorite callers on line one. Uh, Frank, you're on WBEN. 
Well, good morning, Sandy, and you also have my vote. Oh, thank you for being a cute guy. Thank Frank just voted for me, Bernie. Thank you, Frank. That's why I like uh, talking to Frank. <laughs> I think you're the prettiest of all these guys. <laughs> your... I feel pretty today, Frank. It's... <laughs> <laughs> What's on your mind? Oh, I tell you, God, there's a lot on my mind here. Uh, you know, former military, former non vet and all this other crap. You know, these... It's not crap. It's important. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Important. But all these Antifa people that are in that little six-block area in Seattle, I bet you they would wet their pants if you took every one of them that seem to think that they're domestic terrorists, take them and put them over there in Afghanistan. I want to see what happens when they actually have somebody who's willing to kill them, to come and kill them. I would like to know what they would do. They would be running in the opposite direction with their black mask on, and dropping their submachine guns. Well, I think I think if they really consider themselves a terrorist, I think we should round them up and bring them to Gitmo. Bring, bring them to Gitmo and let them serve a little time there. See if the sun bakes a little wisdom into them. You know, and, th- and this all starts with education, too. These, these colleges have become so left-wing liberal. These professors indoctrinate these kids as soon as they, they get there in their in freshman year. And by the time these kids graduate, uh, four years later, they are a changed person completely from the child that you sent to school. Now, I heard on the news this morning that Pelosi wants to remove all the statues in the rotunda of all the southern statesmen. Now, you talk about pandering. You talk about pandering to the left. This This is beyond making sense to me anymore. Well, I think, you know, there must be some charges the entire Democratic Party can be can be uh, uh, charged with because I, this is nothing new. I've thought for the last several years that I don't I don't know if the if the Communist Party has fewer non uh, non-believers for what we do than the Democrats are. They seems like they're not in favor of anything we do and uh, favor of uh, of breaking away and uh, just being a roadblock. That's all they are. That's all they've been for a long time. Let's hope that this election, that we keep the White House and uh, keep the Republicans and gain the House, because, boy, we need that. Well, you, you're not kidding, Sandy. And, you know, elections matter. This is what's showing right now how we need a lot of these liberal mayors, our congressmen, and governors from these blue states that are unwilling to do anything. They'll bend over backwards to appease these people. Now you're finding out your vote matters. You have to go and you have to vote, and you have to get rid of these idiots. I'm telling you, it's, 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 um, it's so imperative. You know, I work the elections all the time, and, I, and people tell me oh, they don't vote in the primaries. I said the primary is very important, if not more important than the election, because you're choosing who's going to run in that general election. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you think, I could almost do a whole show on this probably, do you think they're just afraid? In other words, they don't want any negative publicity on the national scale, the TV cameras, uh, and any of that stuff. Uh, Do you think they're just afraid of the optics rather than doing the right thing? Yeah, I really do. Stand up. Hey, listen, that's the reason why you're an elected official. Get a set. Get a pair. I mean, for crying out loud, this is why people put you in that position, so that you have to make a decision 
when there's a crisis going on. Not when well, you sit back and talk about who can go fishing, who can go shopping, and all this other stuff. Or your mother's meatballs, like uh, Cuomo did. Uh, you know what's amazing is uh, the DA charging these two cops with D felonies, which means they could go to jail for seven years for what wasn't even a nudge. Uh, I, I don't think that shows any kind of leadership. It's not fair. I think it's it's going to get thrown out of court right away, as far as I'm concerned. But there again, uh, I think I think the DA was afraid. I think he actually was afraid to not charge these cops. You know, and you know, and I I always felt strongly and, and highly upset. But now I've changed my mind completely about him because. He, he is looking out for his own image here. He has to stand up like Paul and Carts and the rest of those morons to stand up in the, and say, oh, oh, I'm against the police brutality and all this other stuff. Well, you live in your nice little communities where, no, where you're well protected, and nobody's going to bother you. But what about all these poor people that live in the inner city and the people that live on the outer fringes of the city that need protection? What's going to happen to them? I, you know, can you imagine what's going to happen if the when these cops go on trial, if it's thrown out of court or they're found not guilty, which I am convinced will happen. I can't see a jury charging two cops trying to do their job, just touching a person who was uh, who went there looking for trouble. I can't see them getting convicted. Uh, they definitely wouldn't. Uh, I can tell you, if I were on the jury. Can you imagine the reaction from the troublemakers if these cops are not convicted? Oh, I know. And, you know, and that would be a travesty of justice because now uh, people that are looking to go to be a policeman or to, to do something like that, now they're going to have second thoughts about why should I put my life on the line protecting these people when I'm not even going to get the backing of my councilman, the mayor, uh, the Erie County Executive, the DA. Why should I go and put myself on the line for everybody who doesn't get tooth? And speaking of the mayor, uh, I can't, I can't believe the mayor said as part of reform for the police department, he wants uh, the fees and fines posted for some of these lower level crimes because not everybody can afford it. He wants them to know. So he's putting it up on the wall so you can actually save up for your favorite crime. I, I can't. You're talking about pandering. My God. If, if you can't afford the crime, then don't do it. Simply don't do it. Look at the money you'll save. You know, it's, it's, it all goes back. It all goes back to the elected officials. The people in the city are the ones that vote for these people. So you get what you paid for. Yep. It's what you have. I don't want to hear any complaints about, well, they're not looking after my interests. They're not looking after my business. They're not looking. You voted for these people. They're you know what I wish, you know, too, uh, what I wish they would do. I don't know if it's legal or what. I think they should bring in a prosecutor from out of the area because the one in the area, all he can think of is what's going to happen if I, if, if I don't get a conviction here. I would rather have somebody that we don't know and doesn't know us and looking at that and going, what the hell, we're charging this guy with uh, these guys with two D felonies? What's wrong with us? Yeah. And, and just throw it out. Right. And, you know, and going back to this is my years ago, I never used to believe in term limitations because I thought the American people had enough common sense to throw out the politician who wasn't doing his job. But now I do 
firmly believe that there should be term limitations for every every uh, position in government. I'm sorry. If the, if the president can only serve two terms and everybody else should only serve two. Well, I agree with you, but if you're thinking about this DA, he's running unopposed. Isn't that lovely? So in this election coming up, he's running unopposed. So you have to wait another four years before you get a shot at it. Right, and, he, and he's endorsed by all the parties that are included. Of course. Hey, Frank, uh, thanks for everything. Thanks for the call, and especially thanks for wearing the uniform. Appreciate it. All right, let's uh, go to a break, and we'll return on News Radio 930 WB. And wait a minute. I'm expected to break a tie, and somebody sent a picture of John beard in high school you think it's a little after high school but it's john beard and he's got the mustache he is dreamy (laughs) i don't know tommy shannon's my friend john beard is my friend they're both the reason they're my friends is they're better looking than i am uh which is almost anybody actually I, i don't know if i can break the tie i have to break the tie i've got one on one side one on another I'll have to spend the weekend in deliberation. But uh, thanks, whoever sent it. That is the picture of the man. And he's a great guy, too. Uh, both of them are great. They're, they're really good people to be around. They have great stories and whatever. All right. Uh, really? Okay. So it'll be uh, uh, Ken Matthews today instead of Rush? Okay. Let's go to line four. That would be Liz in Grand Island. Liz, you're on WBEN. Hey, Sandy. Um, it's way worse than what you were just talking about with Frank. Um, okay. I want to talk about the restorative practices and de-escalation reforms that the mayor is imposing on the Buffalo Police Department. Um, this has to be rejected, and I want to explain why and give a brief history. So I, I hope you'll give me a little time. Um, yeah, you got, yeah, you got about uh, four minutes. That's plenty of time. Go ahead. Fabulous. The restorative practices package, uh, it's like socialism. It sounds good on paper, but it doesn't actually work. So first, uh, restorative and de-escalation, they're systematic removal of all traditional deterrence to crime, um, the replacement of those with conversation, counseling, and infinite second chances. Uh, If this sounds good, to you, maybe, but in practice, it's disastrous. It's a radical overhaul. It condemns uh, the punitive and disciplinary actions as extreme, traumatizing, and racist. Um, it destroys punitive, disciplinary element. Um, the result is a total surrender of authority. I know this because I see it every day at my workplace, a Buffalo Elementary School. Um, the history here, which is crucial to understand, Restorative practices and de-escalation are key package elements of the Promise Program, which is since 2014 uh, has become educational policy nationwide. The Promise Program, or elements of it that are now imposed on our police, apparently, uh, this was the brainchild of the school superintendent, Robert Runsey, who had no educational qualifications before he was appointed to superintendent except that he was good friends with Arne Duncan. He came out of Chicago politics. His promise program, the whole idea was to end the school-to-prison pipeline. We're hearing that a lot lately. Does that sound familiar? Sure. Yep. His district was Parkland. Remember Parkland? Remember February 14, 2018? Remember Nicholas Cruz and his committing the massacre at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School? 
The Promise program did not end the school-to-prison pipeline there. It reversed it there and in tragic proportions. And I'm predicting it's going to do the same to our criminal justice system. If I can make a recommendation, please, 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 if you are listening, if you want to understand what's going on with the police right now, read Andy Pollack's book, Why Meadow Died. The full title is Why Meadow Died, The People and Policies That Created the Parkland Shooter and Endanger America's Students. Yes, it's about schools, but this philosophy is currently metastasizing as we're seeing into the criminal justice system. It's what we're seeing with our cities burning and Seattle overtaken. This book outlines the Promise program and how its policies of failed restorative practices and failed de-escalation created the opportunity for the Parkland Massacre. Because here, here's what happens. With all the second chances Nicholas Cruz was given under Promise, yep. food was never created on him. And he was subsequently permitted to buy the firearms he used in the massacre. He was permitted to rematriculate into the high school where he had proven himself to be dangerous. He was permitted to enter a gate, the gated grounds that day. This is what restorative practices and de-escalation look like in practice in our schools. And it's what's being imposed on our police department now. So it's, it's, it looks on the face of it like a good thing, but as you get down and dig down in the bones, it's not. Well, I'm glad you had time to present that, and I'm glad you hung on. Thank you very much. It certainly gave us a lot to think about, a lot to look up and check out. Uh, thank you very much, Liz. Let's go to line five. That would be Terry in Texas. Terry, you're on WBEN. Hey, uh, Sandy, I don't have social media, but I do know what you look like. And I think I know what Danny looks like. I'm going to have to go with Danny just because he's got the money. <laughs> he definitely has the money. Not much question about that, Terry. And M4, I'd still tap that. That's all I'm saying. But <laughs> anyway, uh, I know you got some pull with some travel agents. I was just wondering if you could whip up a trip for me, Alan, Bella Villa, Rambo, Jim. Anybody else who wants to tag along to Seattle, uh, we go clean this up real quick. If, uh, you know, the residents of Seattle would be interested, I'm sure they're pretty happy with having to show IDs to get into their own house. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it, I'm, I'm not believing what I'm seeing about that and that they're allowing it to happen. One of the listeners made a good suggestion. Let it sizzle for a while, and then you'll see them start coming out uh, probably uh, faster than they plan to. I heard Don, you know, that was an excellent uh, recommendation, and I, I think he's right. They should, just so they can get a glimpse of what socialism in America looks like and uh, what liberal policies turn out for in, in one big city. Let's see, you know, how that – just they can be the, the science experiment. So uh, all these other people that are on the fence or in the middle, uh, they can see what they'll be looking at in the future if they continue to elect these types of uh, quote-unquote leaders. Yeah, and they get in there, and then they have no spine. Uh, that's. I wish I had more time, Terry. That about wraps it up. Thank you very much. Thanks for the call. Thanks to all of you. In the last two weeks, you know, I, Thursday's the end of my work week, but last two weeks, everything happened on Thursday. So be alert. It's Thursday. <laughs> and uh, I have a microphone here, and if I had to, I could come back. Probably not willingly. I'd better be dragged back, go through this again. But otherwise, we'll see you Monday on News Radio 930 WBN. The Sandy Beach WBEN studio rings out in support of those who rang the Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center victory bell today. 
in celebration of a victory, large or small. Elvis has left the building. Oh, I wish we never had to leave the beach. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. What the hell do you know, you ignorant bastard? Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.